Welcome to the third episode of the Chronological Bible Study with Send the Church podcast. In this episode, we are going to touch on Cain and Abel and family drama. In the previous episode, we touched on Adam and Eve, and we're going to learn a little bit about their children. In Genesis chapter 4, we read about how Adam and Eve had Cain. Cain was the firstborn child of Adam and Eve, per the biblical record. And the Bible says that when Adam and Eve had Cain, that they said, and really Eve said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother. This is chapter 4 of Genesis, verse 2. As she bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. It says, In the process of time it came to pass that Cain wrought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. This is an interesting story because from the very first writings of the book of Genesis, that is the beginning book of the entire Bible, the Lord wants us to be aware of the fact that there is family drama since the beginning of humanity. And this is quite comforting because if there is drama in your family and dysfunction, then congratulations, there is a club for you and for me in the Bible with Adam and Eve's family. There was jealousy that got a hold of Cain because Cain saw that the Lord did not esteem the sacrifice that Cain had given. But the Lord did esteem the sacrifice of Abel. Now, the book of Hebrews gives us some more insight as to why the Lord esteemed Abel's sacrifice over Cain's sacrifice. But let us read a little bit about how this story plays out. Because Cain's countenance fell. He was upset. He was disappointed as to how the situation had played out. In verse 6 of chapter 4 says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, the King James Version of that verse can kind of be a little bit uh, concealing in the meaning, but essentially when you study out those Hebrew words for desire of that sin and how Cain was told that thou shalt rule over him, there was temptation that Cain was dealing with in order to 
be angry with his brother. And the Lord saw that Cain was wrestling with his emotions. The Lord saw that Cain was being tempted to sin because sin was lying at the door. Now, this is an interesting illustration as to how sin works. In the previous Bible study, we talked about how sin got a hold of Lucifer and he was cast out of heaven. He did not have a second chance to repent because he violated his design already knowing God in all of his glory. And Satan knows the power of sin to get somebody kicked out of where God has positioned them. And so Satan has to use sin to destroy man's position with God. Now, Satan by himself doesn't have power. Satan has to use the instrument that destroyed him to destroy man. And Satan tempts us to sin because sin is really the destructive force here. So he presents, Satan presents opportunities in our lives tempting us to sin. And temptation is like a door with sin lying on the other side of that door. When we walk through temptation or into temptation, that is where we sin. And sin wants to get a hold of us because sin reveals and latches on to the weakness of our flesh. But it's the will of God for us to rule over sin. It's the will of God for us to consistently be victorious over sin by conquering temptation. So the Bible says here, And Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, Why? What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When you till the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength, a fugitive and a vagabond. You shall be in the earth. Now, this is pretty serious punishment, but honestly, Cain learned the blame game from his parents. I'm sure that Adam and Eve at some point may have recounted the Eden story. We don't know at what age Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. And we don't know how old Cain and Abel were at the time of this story. But we do know that in this event of the first murder in history, human history, that 
the Lord is trying to reveal to us that we cannot receive the excuses of other generations as our own before the eyes of God. We are all personally accountable for our decisions when it comes to obeying what God wants us to do. We can't copycat methods and traditions of previous generations and try to count that as obedience. We have to do the will of God for our lives. And we must become what the Lord wants us to become according to His grace and mercy toward us. Cain offered an offering in the course of time, in the process of time. He brought fruit of the ground, but Abel brought of the sheep. In fact, he brought of the firstlings of his flock. The book of Hebrews talks to us about how the Bible says that it was through faith that Abel offered a better sacrifice. Now, that chapter, Hebrews 11, is a very interesting chapter because it talks a lot about faith. But that concept and principle of faith is so important for us to understand a little bit deeper because the Bible also says in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, we walk in faith or we do something by faith as a result of hearing God tell us to do something. When we do what the word says, we have faith. We can see faith by the works that are done in response to the word of God. That's the diagnosis and the conclusion that James gives in his epistle to the church. That faith can be seen by works. And so faith comes when we hear the word of God and faith performs when we do what the word tells us to do. And so looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Here we can assume safely and soundly, per principle of the word of God, that Abel, because he offered a sacrifice by faith, he had received a word from God to give of the firstlings of the flock. And in contrast, since the Lord did not esteem the sacrifice of Cain, it very well is a safe assumption per biblical principle that Cain did not offer a sacrifice based off of a word from God. He offered a sacrifice in his own process of time. He offered a sacrifice off of his own will, not what God wanted, not the will of God. 
Now, it's interesting to me that the Lord doesn't just strike Cain down just because Cain was trying to offer the sacrifice of his own will. The mercy of God is seen here in the individual lives of Cain and Abel. The Lord has a talk with Cain. He says to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. This is so interesting because God's trying to help Cain overcome the sin, rectify his issue in his heart, and restore how he should be doing and approaching an altar of the Lord. When Adam and Eve had sinned and were kicked out of the garden, in mercy, even in the time of judgment, the Lord provided Adam and Eve not with the fig leaves that they tried to dress themselves with, but the Lord provided them with, the Hebrew word is tunics. The Lord provided them with a covering to cover the shame and nakedness that came with sin. But in order to provide those tunics, the Lord had to, in some area of the garden we do not know, but those tunics, the Bible calls them coats of skins, had to have come from a dead animal. Now, this is a typology and an illustration of the fact how in the New Testament, we are covered with the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ by the shedding of his blood. And that being applied to our lives in water baptism, we receive the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ which can be called the robe of righteousness, as Isaiah puts it. Yet, in the book of Genesis, we see this typology start to play, this foreshadowing of how the Lord covered Adam and Eve with coats of skins. An animal had to die, and a blood had to be shed for Adam and Eve to be covered in their shame as a result of sin. And so, in order to rectify sinful error, blood had to be shed. The Bible talks about in the book of Hebrews as well, that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There is no taking away of sins. And so, Cain and Abel had to, at some point, we can assume, heard about this Eden story. Because Abel knew the significance by also hearing the word of God himself to bring an altar, on his altar, to bring of the firstlings of the flock, which required the shedding of blood. Cain being the firstborn, did not bring anything that required the shedding of blood. Now, Adam and Eve had received a prophecy from the Lord that there was going to be a seed that was going to come forth out of their offspring that was going to crush the head of the serpent, 
This was a prophecy Adam and Eve had received. After the fall, which shows again the mercy of God, even in time of judgment. And when Adam and Eve had Cain, their first declaration was that they have gotten a man from the Lord. The word Cain, the name Cain in Hebrew means to acquire. There's an acquisition, a gain for themselves. It could very well be seen that Adam and Eve found themselves to have gained something from the Lord, even after the fall. And in that gain, it could have crossed their minds. This is what the Lord has given unto us to crush the head of the serpent that deceived us in the garden. So, I could imagine that Adam and Eve saw Cain as the promise from God coming to pass. Talk about family drama. And after that, when they saw Cain kill Abel, and Cain acting like a sinful man, how could this be if God had given us this promise? It must have been some crazy tragedy for Adam and Eve to process and seeing Cain get kicked out and go as a vagabond across the whole earth and as a fugitive, separated from God. And Abel, the other one who was actually appearing to be the one that was honoring God more in his sacrifice, getting killed. So now Adam and Eve, with both of their sons, one getting killed and the other being disobedient, are probably scratching their head in agony, thinking to themselves, how is this promise from God going to come to pass? Well, God always has a plan. Because we do not achieve the promises of God by our own fleshly means. There's ha- there has to be an impossible situation that occurs in order for the word of God to come to pass so that he can get glory, not us. So the Bible says here that in this drama between Cain and Abel, Cain doesn't really have an issue with Abel as much as he has an issue with God. Because Cain can't restore or renew his decision at the altar of God by just changing his mind when God tried to reason with him. Cain rejects the mercy of God and kills his brother. Again, this is wild to me because here we see that the obedience of Abel trumps the preeminence of Cain. The obedience of the younger child superseded the preeminence and the firstborn characteristic of Cain. Obedience will take us much further than natural privilege and natural ability. God prizes obedience. It's crazy to me 
that God would overlook the one who seems to have the firstborn advantage, but looks at the one who's trying to obey the voice of the Lord and live accordingly. Cain was willing to put in the work to kill his own brother rather than put in the work to offer a better sacrifice unto God. And there are many people today who are willing to put in the work to tear down somebody else in the body of Christ rather than dedicate themselves more to their relationship with God. There are people who will occupy emotional energy and time and frustration and reject the mercy of God in the process of trying to stop somebody else from getting closer to the will of God than invest all that emotional energy and time and mental capacity to apply themselves deeper in their relationship with God. This is a family drama that the Lord lays out for us from the beginning of the entire Bible. Because really, this family drama does also happen in the body of Christ. And the Lord has a plan. And the Bible says in verse 25 that they called his name Seth. For God said Eve, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain has slew. And to Seth, to him also, there was born a son. And he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. So we're seeing here that a pattern was established on calling on the name of the Lord after all of this tragedy. Adam and Eve kept on having the promise of God in sight and they conceived and had Seth. Because when it seems like the impossibility shows up and the word of God cannot come to pass, we need to remember to draw closer to the Lord one more time so that his word can come to pass even when it seems like it's not going to come to pass. Drawing closer to God is always appropriate, no matter what the circumstance is. Now here we start to see the lineages of Adam and Eve, the family of Seth in chapter 5. and We start reading about many, many people who lived and living for hundreds of years, in fact, many of them. One very prominent person that's even mentioned throughout the New Testament is Enoch. Bible says in chapter 5, Genesis and verse 21. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And, Methu- and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and 5 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Now, here we're starting to see actually a typology again, an illustration, a foreshadowing of how Enoch represents the benefit of walking with God. 
Because walking with God allows us to be taken to a new dimension in Christ where we don't merely live in this world, but we live in the kingdom of God. And Enoch walked with God and after, he walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. So Enoch began to walk with God after he had Methuselah. Now Methuselah in the Hebrew means man of the dart. That word dart, the root word for it is missile or weapon. Enoch walked with God after he had a child named the man of the weapon. Here we see that conflict gives us an opportunity that teaches us to walk with God. Conflict is an opportunity for us to walk with God. And we have to embrace it because truly we only know how to conquer in conflict when we walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see the effects of a man who's willing to walk with God even in conflict because ultimately God will take him. Because in Hebrews, it's also mentioned of Enoch that he pleased the Lord. In Genesis chapter 6, we start to read about the story of Noah. Noah was the son of Lamech. And Noah was 500 years old. This is verse 32 of Genesis chapter 5. And Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. In the next episode, we will touch on Noah and his family with the flood and understand a little bit more as to how God wants to establish covenant with humanity. Thank you for listening to this episode with Send a Church Podcast on our chronological Bible study. Be blessed in Jesus' name.